welcome. My name is Mason, and this is Mace on Movies, and this is episode three of my journey through the DC animated movie universe, which began with Justice League Flashpoint Paradox, and then continued with Justice League War, and now we are into our first standalone film, which is Son of Batman. And I guess standalone is not really the correct word for this film, because there is certainly a team-up involved Uh, But it is an exploration of Batman as a character separate from the Justice League. And so I'm going to give some non-spoiler thoughts up top. And then I'm going to give get more into the plot and story and maybe into spoiler territory later on in the podcast, just to be clear about that. Um, But, you know, right off the bat, this animated movie... As soon as it started, I knew that this was exactly my kind of movie because, you know, it was in the middle of this weekend where, you know, I'd been watching uh, a lot of Japanese films lately, samurai films, been watching 13 Assassins and Blade of the Immortal, and I started watching the Yasuke uh, anime series on Netflix. So I was kind of in this uh, anime, like, uh, assassins with swords and, and things like that. And so as soon as this movie opens and we've got the League of Assassins and Ra's al Ghul and Talia and Deathstroke and all these assassin ninja people, you know, chopping at each other with swords, I was like, this perfectly fits into everything that I've been diving into this week. And really it fits into, you know, one of my favorite styles of cinema And so it reminded me very much of Batman Begins. Uh, And it does have, you know, some similar points to it where we're meeting Ra's al Ghul. Uh, It also kind of connects a little bit to uh, The Dark Knight Rises where we've got Talia al Ghul. Um, And so there's definitely some connections to some familiar things. And overall, I just really enjoyed that we were diving into this part of Batman's story with the League of Assassins and Deathstroke and all this really cool action stuff that was going on. And, you know, I mentioned that this is an exploration of Batman's character, and I don't mean that this is an origin story because we are definitely not starting at the beginning of Batman's career as Batman, Uh, but we do explore uh, where he draws his line when it comes to doling out justice, where he has his own sense of morality and how he carries out what he does. And we really see this explored through, uh, as he discovers he has a son, uh, we see with his relationship with his son, Damien, uh, who has been raised by the League of Assassins, by Ra's al Ghul. Uh, He's had a lot of training there, and from his mother as well, Talia al Ghul. Uh, So it's discovered that Batman and Talia had a past. Um, But you know, as Batman's getting to know his son Damien and seeing how Damien was trained by these assassins and the way that he has to teach Damien how he does things, we get to see where Batman draws the line and why he does things the way that he does. I feel like that's a really important exploration of Batman. Uh, If you've never watched any of his films before, you get a very clear understanding of how he does things. And I really like the way that the movie did that. And, you know, we really see that most clearly when he's talking to his son about how he doesn't fight crime by becoming a criminal. 
And if they kill people, then they're no better than the people that they're trying to defeat or trying to bring to justice. And so he's basically explained that, you know, revenge and justice are not the same thing. And we really get a very clear understanding of his sense of that and why he doesn't kill. And so, you know, I guess this film actually helped me understand why people were so upset with a movie like Batman v Superman, where we see that, you know, Batman in that film really has no problem killing and he's very violent. And, we, and I can see how people would be upset that that very clearly goes against the code that Batman has established in the comics and in previous films. And, you know, we see that in Batman Begins as well, when he has that conversation after he had brought a gun to kill the guy that killed his parents. We get, we get that lesson that he learns about not becoming like the criminals. Uh, so this film uh, explains that as well. And so that's, it's very valuable. And, and I think this film did it, like I said, in a great way. And, and elsewhere in this relationship with Damien, I just really enjoyed seeing like this kid version of Bruce Wayne or this kid version of Batman where he has the intelligence. Uh, he's very intuitive. He has the training. And it's a little bit scary like to imagine what it would be like with a kid like that who's had this training has this high level of intelligence, gets things very quickly, kind of like the smartest kid in the room. It's like, wow, someone, you know, in the wrong hands, this kid could go an entirely different direction. And that really is kind of the 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 heart of this movie. And, you know, without getting into any spoilers, I think that's about as far as I can take it, other than to say, you know, as I said before, I really liked this movie. And if I had to rank it, among the three that I've watched so far, I would probably put this one at the front, uh, ahead of Flashpoint Paradox and ahead of Justice League War. Although none of them, I would not say any of them are bad. I just feel like this movie was more my style uh, than the other two. So that's where it sits for me. And uh, coming up now, I'm going to be getting into more of the specific plot points of the movie. So if you'd like to watch it uh, before listening to the rest of it, I would encourage you to go ahead and do that. I'm sure you can find it for rent somewhere, or if you have HBO Max, then you can throw it on there and then come back for the rest of this podcast. All right, so as the movie opens, we are with the League of Assassins and Ra's al Ghul, who, by the way, pronunciation thing, I know that in uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, this character, I, I believe they pronounce it Raj al Ghul, uh, but in this animated movie, they call him Raish, and so that's the reason I'm pronouncing it Raish. I'm just going with the pronunciation that they had in this movie. And I believe in the Dark Knight trilogy, they're also called the League of Shadows, uh, which might be from the comics. I'm not entirely sure on that point. Uh, but in this, they are called the League of Assassins. So a couple things just to point out at the beginning of this. Uh, but as this movie opens, like I said, we're with them and we see that their compound is being invaded by Deathstroke in a helicopter with an army, they're coming in to take out Ra's al Ghul and his assassins. And it turns out that in the process of this, uh, Ra's al Ghul suffers some mortal injuries. And they do have what we discover is called a Lazarus pit uh, within the compound, which can bring people back to life or heal them from a certain level of injury. However, he's not able to make it to the Lazarus Pit in time, or he has, he has sustained too many injuries uh, to be recovered by this Lazarus Pit. So he ends up dying, and that is what 
sends Talia al Ghul and Damien to find Bruce Wayne or Batman uh, so that uh, Damien can be protected while Talia tries to sort out everything that's happening. And this is why Damien becomes someone who wants revenge. And as they go to the Batcave, Damien is looking around and he discovers uh, the Robin suit and he discovers that uh, Batman has, or Bruce Wayne has mentored someone in the past and that would be Dick Grayson. So we get a hint at him early in the movie and I didn't know if we'd actually meet him, uh, which we actually do end up doing later on in the film as he is no longer Robin, but now he is the character of Nightwing. Uh, but before we get there, uh, we see Batman investigating and kind of coming into conflict with Deathstroke. Um, and, you know, Deathstroke is a character that I actually knew primarily from the Arrowverse. Uh, and I kind of met him for the first time as a villain of the Green Arrow. And that's actually when I met or got to know the Lazarus Pits and Ra's al Ghul and, and all of that kind of my knowledge of all of that pretty much came from the Arrowverse. So I'm actually glad that I watched the first few seasons of Arrow because I was actually familiar now with this concept of the Lazarus Pits. And I, I think that the movie explains it well enough to where you, you understand what it is just by seeing the movie. I, I'm, I'm guessing it's something that's from the comics, but like I said, I discovered it uh, in the Arrow TV series. So I was pretty familiar with this. It was like one corner of knowledge that I managed to have that's pre-existing that ties into the greater mythology of Batman uh, and this universe. So I was, I was proud of myself for knowing what these things were at the beginning. Um, but yeah, Deathstroke is someone I knew as an Arrow villain, but I guess he is mostly in the comics. I did a little bit of research, and I guess he's mostly like a Teen Titans villain, uh, which maybe is where Nightwing would come into uh, conflict with him. And... Uh, but he has also been a villain of both Batman and the Green Arrow. Uh, so he is part of part of all of that. And he is kind of the main villain of this film as he is working to create an army of, and this is where it got a little bit ridiculous for me, but he's creating an army of man bats, uh, which are, they're what they sound like. They're basically uh, people that have been uh, transformed into big bat people. And Deathstroke wants to use this army to take over. He wants these flying assassins. And that's his plan. His plan is to create these superhuman flying bat assassins. Um, and so Nightwing is working uh, to help get an antidote created for this. And Batman and Damien are going off to rescue the scientist's family, uh, the scientist that Deathstroke is working with to create this thing. Uh, so Nightwing's working with the scientist, Batman and Damien are trying to rescue the family, and they come into conflict. And through the course of this movie, uh, Talia also gets abducted uh, while she's trying to help rescue the family. And Damien, throughout the film, you know, initially is wanting to go and kill Deathstroke. And that's where we get Batman trying to explain why they don't kill and, and Nightwing helping Batman to prevent Damien, who will become Robin, uh, from, from killing the enemies. Um, so that's kind of the central conflict of the film. And that's where 
the revenge comes in uh, because Deathstroke is responsible for the death of Ra's al Ghul, who was the Damien's grandfather, basically. And then, you know, as they're fighting, as they're trying to stop this plan with the man bats, um, uh, Talia is actually shot in the process. Uh, and they use a Lazarus pit to revive her. And this is something that was different for me from the Arrow TV series, because in the TV series, when a character was placed into the Lazarus pit, when they came out, they were alive again, but they had kind of lost part of the human part of themselves. And they had more of a hunger for violence, a hunger to, to kill other people. Whereas it seems like, and I don't know if this is more similar to the comics, but in this movie, if someone comes out of the Lazarus Pit, they're just alive again and pretty much back to being their self. So that kind of surprised me. I was expecting um, Talia to come out of the Lazarus Pit with like a hunger for violence, uh, but she pretty much just comes back to life and comes back to being herself. So ultimately through this film... Uh, you know, they are successful, obviously, in, in stopping Deathstroke. They don't kill him. Uh, it seems like he does escape. He does go off to live uh, and attack another day. And at the end of the film, we have Batman deciding that Damien should continue to stay with him rather than go with Talia and the League of Assassins. Because I think Batman, Bruce Wayne, does not want his son uh, to live this assassin lifestyle. He wants Damien to be trained by him to learn a better way uh, to fight crime and fight criminals. Uh, so that's kind of the whole story and arc and journey of the film from Rachel al Ghul dying and Damien being brought by Talia to Bruce Wayne for safety and then being trained by Bruce Wayne and then teaming up with Nightwing to stop Deathstroke from creating this man-bat army. And if I'm being honest, like... You know, when I first saw the the man bats, I was like, oh, that's funny. That's interesting. You know, a twist on the whole, the whole Batman thing with man bats. But the more <laughs> the more I walked away from this film and sat with it, I was like, that is that is kind of ridiculous. Like that's such a like they couldn't come up with a better plan than 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 man bats. Like I understand that the whole point of this film is to present these figures who are kind of equal opposites of Batman in some ways, whether it's his son Damien, who's been trained as an assassin, or Ra's al Ghul, who has a complete opposite ideology uh, and wants to you know, wipe people out, or Deathstroke, who's obviously a killer, or Talia, who has no problem killing. You, we, we have all of these characters who are opposites in some way to Batman. So to bring in a literal opposite, which is a man-bat, I just thought that that was one step too far for the film. Um, but that was the only thing that really bothered me. As I said before, most of this film, you know, I love getting to meet Nightwing. I love meeting Deathstroke. Uh, I love having the Ra's al Ghul and Talia al Ghul and meeting Damien. You know, when I saw that this was son of Batman, I didn't know how they were going to introduce his son because I haven't read the comics. So I didn't know if there was, you know, if this was going to be like a son that was already with him. Uh, but to see that the way that they introduced Damien, uh, I thought that was a really cool and interesting way to do that. So yeah, overall, really, really, really like this movie. It's 74 minutes. It's not long, uh, you know, and some of that's credits. Uh, the other thing I like from this movie is that 
you know, the first time Nightwing comes across Damien, uh, they, they, they have a bit of, of conflict. And we don't actually see the conflict. We just see that, you know, Nightwing's fine. And then later when he's calling Batman, he's got a bunch of like slices and cuts across his uniform. And then as we get to the credits of the film, they actually show like still images from that conflict in the credits. So we do actually, in a way, get to see the fight uh, between Damien and Nightwing, which was another fun part of the movie. But this whole movie is just like a lot of fun and I, and I really liked it. So I think there's a few other Batman films in this DC animated universe that we're going to get to. The next one is going to be Batman vs. Robin. Uh, so it'll be interesting what, necess- what, what ends up creating conflict between the two of them in the future. I'll be interested to see what that is because we already see kind of conflicting ideologies and ultimately Damien does decide to do things Batman's way, but we'll see if that gets tested again in the future. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see that. So those are my yeah thoughts on the film overall. That's the whole journey of the film. And before I wrap things up, I did want to mention again uh, the voice cast. Uh, so we've got Jason O'Mara returning as Bruce Wayne and Batman. We've got Stuart Allen as Damian Wayne slash Robin. We've got Thomas Gibson as Slade Wilson slash Deathstroke. We've got Morena Baccarin as Talia Al Ghul. And I believe she is the one who's in the Deadpool films. Uh, as the love interest for uh, for Deadpool. And we've got Sean Mayer as Dick Grayson slash Nightwing, David McCallum as Alfred Pennyworth. And then one of my favorite additions, even though he was only in it for a short time, we've got Giancarlo Esposito uh, from Breaking Bad and so many other things as Ray Al Ghul. So when I was watching it, I recognized the voice, but I couldn't place it. And then later... Finding out that it's Giancarlo Esposito, I thought that was such a fun addition to the cast. So I really liked that. Uh, that was fun. So yeah, that's uh, that's everything that we've got uh, for this film. And uh, I guess one more thing that I haven't been mentioning was the directors. But the director of this one uh, was Ethan Spaulding, and it was written by Joe R. Lansdale. So I'll try to do my try to do my best uh, in remembering to mention the directors and and writers for these things as well and give credit to the voice cast where it's due because they're doing a great job. So yeah, that's it. That's it for this one. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Next one's going to be Justice League Throne of Atlantis. So we're going to get to that conflict between the Atlanteans and the humans that I mentioned was teased in the mid-credits scene of the previous Justice League film. It'll be fun to get more time with the Justice League uh, and see where things go there. We're going to get Aquaman and see how that whole conflict plays out. Uh, elsewhere on the podcast feed, I do want to mention that this has been a big week for the podcast. This is my fifth recording of what will be six episodes for the week. I've got reviews for Without Remorse and The Mitchells vs. The Machines. I've got the third installment of my Journey Through Ghibli series, I've got a review of the first episode of The Bad Batch, and there's this episode, and then finally, coming out tomorrow, I'm going to have my review of the second episode of The Bad Batch. Uh, So, big week for the podcast, six recordings, check out as much of it as you like. I do encourage you, I'm having so much fun with these series and exploring these films, whether it's Ghibli or the DC Animated Universe, I'd love for you guys to check all of that out. And uh, let me know what you think. Let me know if you've seen this movie, what you thought of it, 
what you think of the DC animated universe overall. Please don't spoil anything about future movies on Twitter because I haven't seen them ever yet. Um, and then, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mason Movies, and you can interact with me there, talk about the movies you're watching, anything that you've noticed that I missed in any of these podcasts, you can let me know. Uh, but I just love creating community and talking with people about movies on those platforms. And yeah, uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. And until next time, I hope that you stay safe, take care, wear a mask, and remember to always be kind to one another. Thanks, everybody.